Welcome to Redefining Success, the Kingdom Builder Spotlight. I'm your host, Eric L. Dunavant, the Mindset Disruption Strategist and President and CEO of Paradium. My teams and I redefine success for purpose-driven families and businesses by challenging social norms and balancing family and finance to build kingdom impact and generational prosperity. I believe that there are families and businesses that have learned to give a new definition to the word success from a kingdom perspective. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the next 20 to 30 minutes where we take traditional thinking and turn it upside down. Welcome everyone. This is Eric L. Dunavant, the Mindset Disruption Strategist. We're here again for another episode of Redefining Success. And joining me today is a treat. Matt Sweetwood, you're going to want to pay attention and you're going to want to be dialed in to what we're listening, what we're talking about today. Matt is the CEO and co-founder of Greener Process Systems. He's a speaker. He's a data five. He's a photographer. He's a TV and media contributor. But his story, oh my goodness, his story. I cannot wait for us to unpack it. Matt, thank you so much for being here today. Eric, I am so excited to be here. Though you didn't tell me that you had to have success to be here, I, you know, <laughs> Well, we're redefining okay. success. So you tell us what success yeah, okay, what I got you it. say we success can, means. We can make up success today. Very That's good. That's it. That's it. You get to define it. You get to define it. Matt, hey, before we get too deep in, um, I, I introduce the show the same way every time. It's a Saturday afternoon. I've got the barbecue grill fired up. I got hot dogs and burgers on. I've invited all my friends over. And my listeners are my friends. Would you please introduce yourself to my friends? Okay. First of all, my barbecue has steaks on it. I'm just, oh, there, okay. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm just letting you know. If I you put a filet on for you. Right. I was about to say hamburgers, hot dogs, you know, I don't know if I'm coming. So <laughs> I'm just letting you know, it's gotta be, it's gotta be steaks. Okay. So what would I would, what would I would say? I would say, um, you know, I guess we're in the South now, right? So yep, yeah, we are. So I'm, I'm a Yankee from New Jersey. You know, I grew up born bred in, um, born bred, raised my uh, five kids in New Jersey Ran a company there for uh, longer than I'd like to admit. Uh, did I, I exited that business really successfully at the um, the the pinnacle of the business? Ended up with uh, a bunch of uh, trophies that said I was an important person, at least in my own mind. Um, left that business, went out, wrote my best-selling book, Leader of the Pack, which talks about how actually I raised those kids as a single dad. Um, and and grew a business from almost nothing to a hundred million dollar company. Um, that book was a it was sort of a, a natural uh, outcome of uh, all the things that happened to me. So I would hand out my book to everybody at the barbecue, sign it for them, um, tell them to give me a good review on Amazon because you know getting reviews on your book is really hard. Um, yeah. You know, tell them I wouldn't let them have burgers. You know, <laughs> and I'm going to eat my steak in front of them if they. Don't and then so after I left that company, when I wrote my book, did some consulting, uh, was interim CEO for a few different companies, getting them as a consultant, getting them sort of launched and going and uh, ended up in Florida, ended up moving out of New York City. I actually got featured on the New York Post for, as a uh, moving back to New York City in, in middle age. Kind right. of thing. It was really kind of funny. It was a trend at the time. Had enough in New York City. Uh, for an assortment of reasons, and uh, moved to Florida, 
and came across uh, something that I didn't think would happen to me, uh, which was I didn't, I sort of had said to myself after several decades of running a company that I'd only take on a business, a new role if it really made a difference in the world. And I came across my new company, Greener Process Systems, and we're doing amazing things with air pollution in the mm. world. And so this is a chance to make a big, a big difference. And I'm living a pretty happy life now in, uh, in South Florida, enjoying the weather and the low taxes and uh, a bunch of other freedoms that we have here. I, I don't want to really time it. this too now, much. Are you dodging a hurricane great... at this minute? What's that? I said, I don't want to get too much on timing, but are you dodging a hurricane at this minute? Um, it, it's a, the hurricanes are afraid of me. They just go around <laughs> the other way. I'm in Southeast Florida. Those losers in Tampa are getting hammered. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I'm in that's I'm in Louisiana, so we yeah, we that's right. This. You shouldn't be making fun of us here. I'm in, not. Uh, no, I'm just glad right. it's not coming here. Yeah, that's right. It, no, 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 no. It could definitely take that left turn. Good. <laughs> clearly, clearly, the hurricane guys don't really uh, don't have it in for Louisiana. And, well, you know, that's what you do. You're sitting there right at the like that northern edge of the Gulf, you know, sort of sort of like at the bottom of the, uh, you know, bowl, if you know what I mean. That's it. I do. I do. Yeah. And we feel it. We feel yeah. it. Hey, Matt, what you, you talked a little bit about greener process systems. But if you kind of look at your life today, what are you most passionate about right now? I, I think it's having the opportunity. You know, this sounds a little bit like a beauty pageant answer right you know i want to make a difference in the world a positive difference in the world before i leave the world right i mean and i'm not entering any beauty contests i just want you to know it's <laughs> i didn't practice that previously but it was really the opportunity to run a company that's going to make a difference and and i began by saying i was a jersey guy jersey yep. guys we say what we mean and mean what we say right we don't really hold it back and i'm not interested you know uh, doing things for the environment obviously is all the rage now yeah but if you really study it most of them are just sort of like create some sort of minimal effect in 50 years from now and you spend a lot of money and shut somebody's economy down and something like that this project excited me because we're capturing emissions from ocean going ships import and an ocean going ship pollution import is a massive health problem and mm. we have technology that we're installing right now and is improving emissions so for me, this is really sort of an ideal kind of project where we're right now, we're doing things. We have contracts in Europe to install them in ports in Europe. And there's massive health problems. And I'm not even necessarily talking about CO2. I'm not talking about anything like that. I'm talking about air pollution, like used to come from cars yeah. before catalytic converters. Port pollution is a major problem. I have an opportunity to actually do something and make a difference. And for me, that was pretty exciting after having a pretty good career in the electronics business. So how did you find this? I mean, this this sounds fascinating. How did you kind of run into this? So I think it's uh, a combination of serendipity, God, and just sort of being out there. Yeah. It actually came uh, through somebody who worked for me at a previous company who I treated really well, mm. called me up one day and said, hey, the company I'm in needs a CEO. I said to them, you would be the guy for us. And that's how I ended up uh, ended up in the company. And I did something really good for this this young man when he was in my company. He kind of remembered it, and I was out there, you know, doing my thing. So I, I think I think um, you know everything happens for a reason. And uh, I guess retirement wasn't in my uh, blood. It's never in my blood. I'll be. You don't look like a guy that's going to retire. No, no, that's that's not that's. Not, I keep in mind I live on a golf course here, <laughs> and I'm a pretty good golfer. And yeah. I've seen this golf course mostly from my but mostly from my window. Okay? Mm. 
you know, who has time to go out there in five hours when you're changing the world? That's it. Well, I mean, my motto is, I hope I'm not offending anyone. Golf is nine holes too long. Right. I actually agree with that. That's right. (laughs) I love golf for nine holes. And the next nine holes, I'm usually frustrated trying to figure out when we're going to be done. Right. Yeah, I know. I understand. We, we all have, I, I have a little bit of a short attention span my, myself. In <laughs> hey, Matt, did, I looked at your story. Your story is so incredible. The things like raising five kids as a single dad. Um, and the show is redefining success. I, I'd love to capture a co- couple of stories while we're together, but what are the biggest moments if you were kind of looking back over your life that maybe redefine success for you? Yeah, I think that um, I'll, I'll take one personally and I'll take one in business because they're kind of related to. Sure. Um, so for me, my story is um, I, I had five kids with my wife and she walked out on us. Mm. She walked out on us when the youngest was 18 months and the oldest was eight. So I still had one in diapers, one at eight years old and one the oldest at eight years old. So imagine five kids walked out and never came back. She did come back a few times to try to really take us out in the court system, which mm. the New Jersey court system was um, very amiable to, to that sort of concept. Yeah. Um, but I eventually I won custody of my kids and raised them into uh, successful adults. And for me, the worst day of my life, right, or the worst moments of my life turned into the most important moments of my life because they turned me from a boy into a man. Mm. I had to have moments where it was just either you're going to do it or your kids are going to end up in jail or on the streets and you're going to end up in wherever it's going to be. And you have to make it work. And I think that that after I got through feeling sorry for myself and being angry at the world and so on and was able to put it all together, it just changed me as a human. And so I look at that day as the best day of my life because that Mm -hmm. day transformed me as a human. And, um, and I wouldn't be the, I wouldn't be the man I am today if it wasn't, wasn't for that. How old were you when that happened? I was in my uh, early 30s when that happened. So did you have anybody walk you through that? Was it your own personal transformation? How did, what, what really kind of becomes the turning moment of feeling sorry for yourself versus to, I'm going to figure this out. I I think, you know, when, when those five little kids looking up at you, they're all blonde haired and blue eyed looking up at you, these little cute, all American looking kids. And they're like, okay, dad, what's next? That's kind of the moment, like, uh, like, what are you doing to make this happen, right? Because there's chaos right now, right? The older ones saying the three younger ones not brushing their teeth ever, not doing this, not doing their homework, the house is a mess, you're under attack from the court system, your business is failing at the time, you're like, uh, I was 300 pounds at the time myself, and oh, I really? ain't seven feet tall, okay, I'm just letting you know, Yeah, you know, I'm not, wait, I'll do a Texas thing. I'm not like a Kim Elijah one or anything like right. that. <laughs> okay. So, uh, you know, I, I had to put myself in shape and put my business in shape and put the kids in shape. And I think it, it's really just love for your kids and truly a desire for success. I think one of the most fundamental principles of success is just actual desire for success. Mm. And I don't say that in, I, I say that in a spiritual sense. Because a lot of people say, you you know, if you walk up to somebody and you do, let's do a poll. Do you want to be successful? You're going to get a pretty high response rate that says, yes, I want to be successful. Now, there'll be a bunch of people that don't care. But, you know, we're going to I'm going to go with like 88 percent are going to say I want to be successful. Then my next question is, how badly do you want to be successful? Mm. Mm. And that's when the, the, um, the truth, the real truthful, the deep moment comes out. And so I have a personal motto that I ask myself frequently, which is, 
how badly do you want it? Ooh. To me, that's really the question I always ask myself. So when something in my life, even to this day, goes wrong, I say to myself, is it going wrong because you don't want it badly enough? Let's think mm -hmm. about this carefully. Because I found in my life that if you want something badly enough, you will make it happen. You will do whatever it takes. Whatever. You're going to yeah. do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. I, always, I, I mentor a lot of young entrepreneurs and you can see whether they have the eye of the tiger or not, whether mm. they're going to do it. Right. And, you know, okay. Anybody can get lucky, but ultimately it's, you have to be willing to work 80 hours a week, not 40 hours a week to get it done. And so I think I wanted my children, I wanted to be in a better circumstance for myself, not in this miserable single dad, miserable figuring my social life, every part of my life is over and the business is failing and, um, this overweight, you know, loser and all of this stuff. I don't want to be like that really badly. And now when I mean really badly, I mean really badly. In other words, I was willing to do anything. That mm. meant working 16 hours a day, putting myself on a super duper physical routine that ended up being, being featured in like men's fitness magazine and just like just going for it. And of course, it was a very painful transformation. It's very easy for me to sit here, you know, with my hair done, looking good and saying it was all easy. OK, for me, it was it was a it was a convulsion. Right. Mm -hmm. But that convulsion was really fundamental to some, my, my success. I had a similar situation in my business. My company was in the photographic business. OK, we had a five percent share of film sold around the turn of the century. We sold rolls of film for your audience. Okay. That OK, film is OK. And that business went away really quick with the advent of digital photography. I can tell you, in the, I was in the CEO's office of the Eastman Kodak Company, and they showed us this graph of how film was going to gradually diminish over time. Google 2008 film sales, and you'll see like this. So my business went away. You know, so I've had all of these convulsions in my life, and these things obviously make you stronger. And and I, I couldn't, I had five kids to take care of. How do you let your business fail? You yeah. can't let your business fail. So you reinvent your business. And then you end up, you know, with the trophies, you know, over the <laughs> back there, right? You get the trophies when you figure out how to do all of this stuff. So, you know, for me, those, those difficult moments in my life are the ones that actually ultimately ended up in my success and being, you know, a lot tougher and a lot more uh, manned up over, uh, over if they hadn't happened to me. So what do you say to the young entrepreneur or the person who's just feeling stuck? Who's like, hey, I mean, my circum you're so I mean, one of the things that's really obvious, your circumstances were what they were. And there's a lot of times you can just stop and make excuses because of your circumstances. Um, you had to completely redefine who you were going to become with this question of how badly do you want it? What do you say to that young entrepreneur who's looking at their circumstances, who's trying to make excuses around them on how they get unstuck? I usually when I have this, I'll I'll ask the person, why are you why are you doing this? Mm. Right? I make them answer the question. And usually in the depth of that question, you know, if and when they answer, I want to get rich, you know, ultimately or some version of that. That's why they're, you know, not not working. I'm like, well, how do you plan on having that happen? Mm. And you sort of walk them through, and usually in the end, is they're not working hard enough. And I always tell an entrepreneur that. If you want to work 40 hours a week, there's definitely, you know, companies that you can go work for. We're in an employment time now where getting a job is not that hard, right? We're underemployed. So you can work 40 hours a week. You become an entrepreneur to work 80 hours a week, okay? And leave your ego at the door because mm. you're going to have to do everything, work, scrounge, beg, 
figure out, reinvent, shift. You have to do all of those things and you have to want to be successful, like have the attitude that failure is not an option. And I think the, these all sound a little bit like platitudes, but when I, when you actually apply them in reality and you actually think about what it really means to be unrelentingly driven towards success, what does that really mean? You know, there's a book uh, called Relentless by mm. Tim Grover. I don't know if you've ever read it. It's an amazing book for entrepreneurs because it talks about some of the most famous athletes, some of the most successful, like Michael Jordan and a few of those guys. I'm not even a basketball fan, but it talks about how, how they became to be the best of the best. And it's not because just because God gave them the ability to dunk the basketball. It's because they were just, they were just closers. They mm. just, they just did anything and everything to be better than the competition. And if you're willing to do that, you're more likely to be successful. I do want to ask you one question, though, because this comes up. I mean, you're talking about being relentless and how do you, you know, how badly do you want it? But I mean, you've got a bigger story here because you figured out how to do business while figuring out how to do your body, while figuring out how to raise five successful kids that you're proud of, you know, have great relationships with them. How do you even, how did you learn to balance all of that being it's, a single dad? Right. Like, so being married, you know, it's tough enough. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the work-life balance thing is actually total crock, right? Because <laughs> it's a, I don't even know what I actually, I probably just killed like the speaking engagements of, uh, you know, like a few hundred people across the country. Um, it's a matter of wanting it badly enough. So you just figure out how to do all of those things. You fit them in, you become super organized. You, you get help where you need it. If you, if you can, and you just put the energy in, it's just, you gotta be high energy in order to do that, you know? And if yeah. you're not high energy, you're, you're not going to succeed. And the energy comes from the desire for success. Mm. You know, you know, when you got to do work in the house, you don't really like the work you got to do. It's, you know, it's like, but if it's a project you really like, you just, you go in there and you kill it. Yeah. So I, I just think that that is a uh, sort of a small version of what it is in life. And so if you want these things badly enough, you will just put, do the energy. I mean, there were many days, you know, where we're 14, 16 hour days or longer. That's it. That's what it took. Mm. Okay. And so you do it, right? Because this, you want to be successful. You do what it takes, right? I missed a lot of, you know, parties. Okay. I didn't do a lot of parties. All right. So you miss the parties, but you raise your kids into successful human beings. All five of my kids went to top colleges, graduated on their own, you know, paying the bills. They're off the payroll. I think I got a daughter on the cell phone still somewhere in there. But <laughs> nevertheless, they're all they're all they're all they're all off the payroll. And uh, that's how you get that's how you get it there. And I exited that business and none of that would have happened if I didn't want it badly enough. I don't mean to just keep doing it, but that's what it's about. Just you balance. No such thing as balance. You just work your ass off. That's what you do. Well, I mean, it, I mean, I'm just going to echo this back to what you're saying. I mean, my alarm went off at 4:30 this morning so I could go swim because that's what I do, and it really—it's like you said—it's how badly do you want it? I could have wanted to—I wanted to roll back over and go to sleep. Yeah, I got of up course. And went to the pool. Of course, of course. My business now, my business now is in Europe. A lot of my business is there, so I'm up late at night or really whatever, whatever it takes. Yeah. This, this is doesn't matter, right? That's it. If you want to be successful, that's what it is. And people look, uh, people look to very famous people, and they're they're you know they look at like Elon Musk, right? The, he's the man of the year, right? Because he's in every story and stuff like that. But really look and find out where he is. 
he is like in a different place every single day doing mm. something different. Yeah. So if you think that he's just, you know, partying it up out there and wherever now in Austin or wherever he is, he's, he's, he's not doing that. Okay. He's got a glamorous job, but he's still all over the place, working it, working it, working it. Yeah. I think that what you're really kind of emphasizing is success. It's how badly do you want it? But success is how much of the work are you going to put in? That's right. We want, we all today want a shortcut. Everyone wants a shortcut or a quick, and there's, you know, the 10 year path to overnight success. Yes, that's right. Exactly. Exactly what it is. I mean, even losing weight and putting yourself in shape and something I always say to people is that physical strength is extremely important to your success. Mm. If you are not physically strong, you are going to struggle in business. Mm. You are definitely going to struggle. You don't win. You know, I always use the, I like to use sports examples. Yeah. You know, when two very evenly matched teams are playing each other, you know, the first team that tires mentally is usually yeah. the team that starts making mistakes. They don't usually get physically overrun first. Usually they make a mentally commit a penalty. Mm. They do. It's always those mental mistakes. And the same thing, the same thing goes on in business. If you're not physically strong and alert and able to work 18 hours a day, you're just going to make mistakes. And then there's the emotional side. You know, it's very easy to get depressed and to get down when you're not feeling, you know, feeling your oats. Yeah. And this is true for men and for women. It's not just a man's advice. This is true for, for everybody. You know, power comes from your physicality. Mm. You know, maybe for women, sometimes I'm sorry, it's going to sound a little bit sexist, but really looking good and feeling, you know, feeling looking pretty or looking, I know this, I'm going to probably going to, somebody's going to abuse me for this, but <laughs> this is just the way it works. I'm just sorry. You can you just deny like to speak truth here. You can Bring just it. deny it all you want, but this That's is it. really true. When a woman is well-dressed and she feels like she looks beautiful, looks like that, she has power. Yeah. Right. And I don't mean, it doesn't have to be sexualized. I don't, I didn't mean it like that. You know, women in business, when they are dressed to the mark, they have power. And the same thing with men. When you look good, you're physically strong. Your testosterone level is high. You've been pumping the weights or doing whatever it is or swimming or whatever, whatever yeah. it is you're doing. You feel much stronger when you when you get there. You have very high energy right now. And that's because you're up at 430 in the morning. I mean, I think that's crazy, by the way. I work, <laughs> at, I work out at night. So 430 for me is, you know, I'm in like my second stage of REM sleep. I get it. Oh, I get it. Okay, no problem. But I'm at the gym like at eight o'clock or nine o'clock yeah. at night, right? You're, you know, you're I'm getting drinking, ready to go to bed, but you're drinking your warm milk before that's bed. Right? That's it. <laughs> okay. So, um, you know, I, but you got to <laughs> do it. I work at, so just like you get up at 430, I've had a long, stressful day at work. I'm thinking about dinner, you know, the steaks on my barbecue. Yeah, I don't know burgers on my barbecue. I get steaks, right. on my, steaks on my barbecue. Um, um, and I'm thinking about that, but I'm like, no, the gym calls and you need to go. And I try to work out every, almost every day. So. I love it. I love it. Matt, we've had a great time visiting together. Is there anything we didn't get to talk about that you wanted to make sure you get to share with the audience? Yeah, I think um, I think that people should go out and read my book, Leader of the Pack. You can, mm. you can see it right there. Uh, the book is... Uh, is the most rewarding thing about the book for me is what people say about it. I have 150 something five star reviews on Amazon. It people have told me it changes their life. I would say once every week or two, I get wow. a call from somebody who says, thank you for writing that. It changed my life. It gave me inspiration. You know, the book is really just, uh, you know, like 140 something pages of me talking about how stupid I was mm. and how I overcame stupidity. I love it. You know, and that's how you get to the point where you get to be on podcasts and talk about success because <laughs> you have to do a lot of stupid things along the way. And if you read my book, maybe you'll avoid some of those stupid things. So I really encourage people to go read the book. It's not about me making money. 
anybody who's ever written a book knows that uh, you're not making money off reading a book. You're better off working at Starbucks. The hourly wage is higher. <laughs> so okay? true. And you get health benefits too. Um, so I, I really recommend, you know, readers who are looking for success. Yep. Okay. Because the reader's line of my book is how a single dad of five led his kids, his business and himself from disaster to success. Oh, I love that. Leader of the pack. I love so that. The book is really about how to find success in almost any circumstance in an inspirational kind of way. So that's what I, I would say, go do. Okay. So everyone get a copy of Leader of the Pack uh, by Matt Sweetwood. I'm sure it's available on Amazon and other places like that. Matt, where can, if my listeners also want to kind of follow the work that you're doing, keep up with you, contact you, what's the best way for them to do that? Just, I am, I was an early adopter of social media. It's one of my stories. So I have my name everywhere. M Sweetwood everywhere on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, you, whatever, just M Sweetwood. And if people reach out to me, they go to msweetwood.com or just reach out to me. I answer everybody who responds to me from a podcast. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, so don't miss this opportunity to also maybe get a little bit of Matt's wisdom. So that was just an offer to every single one of you. So Happy to Matt, thank you so much for being here. Last question is always the same. So I'm going to ask you this. In three generations, what do you hope your great-grandchildren remember about you? Um, on his way out, he took out a bunch of bad guys. No, no, I'm just, <laughs> just, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Um, I think that they're going to have read my book or know my story, because mm -hmm. probably I won't know them, right? Probably not going to be. Probably you know, not. You know, unless, unless I reinvent the fountain of youth or something like that. Um, I think that they're going to know that I'm the guy that kept the family together, mm. that they wouldn't be there. They're going to know the story of their great, great grandmother. We have two greats in this one. We the do. one great, two great, yep. two greats, two greats. Yep. Um, they're going to know their great, great grandmother walked out and I kept the family together. And as a result, we have all of these Sweetwoods mm. out there in the world um, because I made this happen. I think that would be my greatest legacy to have put a whole mess of successful, you know, uh, society contributing humans on the planet. Ah, oh, that would be beautiful. That's a beautiful story. That's beautiful. Matt, thank you again for being with us. Just such a great interview and a great share. I'm going to leave. It. This just keeps coming back to me, guys. How badly do you want it? It's a great. It's a great and we want it bad, right? Yeah. Got to want it. Right. Got to want it. Thank you, Eric. I appreciate That's, the time. Thank and you, the Matt. We will, we will be with you all again next time. Thank you so much for being with us. God bless you. Have a fantastic day. Eric L. Dunavit here. Thank you so much for joining us for Redefining Success, the Kingdom Builder Spotlight. If you're a business owner or a family who is actively redefining success or have thoughts on kingdom impact or generational prosperity, and you would like to be a guest on the show, then I invite you to apply. Visit www.ericldunavit.com dot com slash podcast slash apply. Also, if you enjoyed today's episode, I would love for you to share that either through text or social media. Take a screenshot of the show and share that and share what you learned. If you know anyone that should be a guest on our show, we would also love for you to connect us to them. The best way to do that is to use hashtag redefining success. 
I love to read your thoughts and shares on social media. And we also are honored just to get any recommendations of people that you think we should be interviewing on the show. We are constantly adding new content, adding new podcasts. So first and foremost, I'm going to recommend that you subscribe so that you don't miss a thing. Also, you, all of your likes, your reviews, your shares, all of that makes a big difference to the show. So if you'll include those when you can, we definitely appreciate it. If you'd like to get in touch with me, visit www.ericl360 Dot com and all of my connections to social and other ways to get in touch with me are there. This is Eric L. Donovan, the Mindset Disruption Strategist, signing off. Until next time.